Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. Well, I always uh, I really do consider it a privilege to be able to, when I'm up here preaching, to preach the Word to you. It's an important, important thing that, that we do when we worship, is say, God, what are you saying to us from your Word? And uh, so today we're going to give Dan that opportunity. Uh, he's been an intern here. How long has it been now, Dan? Year and a half. Year and a half, okay. And uh, with our interns, uh, we, we try to give them not just little things to do. Sometimes they have that to do. But we try to give them significant things to do, things that really matter. And Dan has always stepped up to whatever we've asked him to do. He's put his heart in it. He's gone for it and done a great job for us. And uh, so we're giving him a really big significant thing to do here today. And that's to open the Word of God and preach it to you. I'll let you know as well that uh, Dan is getting married in October, and he will be leaving us about the end of September, and he'll be moving to Pennsylvania. So we're going to be saying goodbye to Dan at that point. So I ask you to pray for them and for us, because we need to find someone to fill the holes that Dan is going to leave when he goes. But right now, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to speak to us today through Dan's preaching. Father, I do come to you and I thank you for Dan and all that he's meant to us here, the heart that he has for you and a willingness to serve you and a humility about that, Father. I pray today as he preaches to us that uh, you would speak to us through him, that you would encourage him as he preaches and, and give him clarity. And, and when all is said and done, Father, we will know that we've heard from you and that we will yield ourselves and our hearts to what you've said. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. I want to start off with a little story to tell you all. Bill and Bob were friends throughout their entire life, and they were farmers. Now, they grew up very, very close together, and they wanted to do their best in everything that they did. Well, one day, Bob was passing Bill's house, and he noticed Bill was standing there, doing nothing, just standing like he was in a daze. Bob, a little concerned, kind of ignored it, so he decided to go off, get some groceries, and come back. About an hour later, Bill was still just standing there, doing nothing. Concerned at this point, Bob decided to approach Bill to find out what was going on. So Bob simply said, Bill, are you okay? Are you just standing there for no reason? Bill told him very, very sincerely, Bob, I want to do the best in everything that I do. And I actually want to go for the Nobel Prize this year. And Bill, Bob was very confused by his statement and asked, well, how are you going to do that? Well, Bill decided to tell him his prior research. Bob, I've actually been doing some research online, and it said that you have to be outstanding in your field in order to be great. So that's what I'm doing. I'm outstanding in my field. I know, I know that was bad. But what if Bill continued just standing and doing nothing in his field? Throughout this entire month, we've been diving into the book of Proverbs. And today we're actually going to be focusing on a lazy man and his aspect of not taking care of his field and not taking care of what his responsibilities were. Today we're going to be diving into the aspect of laziness, especially spiritual laziness in the Christian's life. But there's one big thing that I really want us to focus on today, and that's this. It will be right on the screen. Small choices make a huge impact 
when dealing with laziness. Once again, small choices make a huge impact when dealing with laziness. Let's take a second and just pray about this message. Lord, thank you so much for everything that you do in our lives. Stuff that we don't even realize and we don't even, can't even comprehend. And Lord, a lot of times we desire to give ourselves completely to you, but there are some things that sometimes hold us back. And I pray that today we would examine our lives, see what is not right in our hearts. Lord, examine our hearts, show us if there's any wicked way in us that we might live fully for you, completely devoted to what you have for us. Thank you, Lord. And we ask for all these things in your name. Amen. Open your Bibles up to Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. We're going to be talking about four truths today. Uh, I'm not going to tell you all them all right now, but we're going to dive in throughout the entire sermon. So starting in verse 30, eh, we got the page number up there too. I went by the field of a lazy man, and by the vineyard of a man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns, its surface covered with nettles, its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. We can see clearly that this man, this farmer, really didn't care about his crop and didn't want to cultivate it. And so today, the first truth we're going to really look at is the fact that laziness and foolishness go together. Laziness is just another aspect of what foolishness is. And as we've dived into prophecy throughout this entire month, it's another thing to avoid in our journey of trying to become wise. Uh, we can see this clearly in verse 30. I went by the field of the lazy man, and by the vineyard of a man devoid of understanding. Devoid of understanding simply means foolishness. This is the end result of what this lazy man's journey had continued on from. And today we're going to see how bad his journey actually had become. So let's dive in. I'm going to actually put some pictures up on the screen because I'm a visual guy. I like to really uh, dive in to see what this would have looked like. Because uh, Solomon gave this, us this as an illustration for us. Starting in verse 31. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. You can see right up there, there's a lot of thorns, and this is particularly a thorn bush. But when we hear all overgrown thorns, thorns just don't appear overnight. They take a long while to cultivate and to grow. And on top of that, they're very hard to take care of because they're sharp and painful. They're very obvious to us, too. You don't go into a pricker bush, as we call them here, uh, because we don't want to get cut. I actually got cut the other day in the volleyball court uh, because of some thorns. Also, the verse continues. Its surface was covered with nettles. Now, if you're like me, I wondered, what in the world is a nettle? Well, simply put, nettles don't seem that threatening, right? But in reality, they're actually more dangerous than thorns. Uh, I looked up some science on this. 
Nettles, in, the, in their kind of microscopic view, have tiny little syringes with a bulb on the top. And when you brush up against it, the bulb knocks off, and that little syringe then stabs into whatever's brushing up against it. At that point, it actually pumps the chemicals into your body of like serotonin, some very, very bad chemicals that causes rash and also feels like you're being stung by bees. So the aspect is, is that this man's field was covered with thorns and nettles that completely encompasses his entire field. What we don't see here is we don't see that he planted any fruit and he didn't get rid of the things that were harmful. He just didn't care. He didn't look after it. Continuing on, in verse 31, its stone wall was broken down. It's sad when we see uh, broken down walls or broken down uh, structures, but the idea of walls is that it's meant to keep things out, but also to keep us from going places that we shouldn't. And so the very thing that was supposed to protect this lazy man was completely destroyed. Now, we're going to skip a couple verses ahead to verse 34 to see what, why this was such a problem. Verse 34, it starts off and it says, So shall your poverty come like a prowler. A prowler simply, uh, to us, is a robber. It came on him unexpectedly. Now, let's give some context here. In the Hebrew culture, agriculture was everything. It was their livelihood. It was how they not only provided food for themselves, but it was also how they were able to make money. But he had so neglected his responsibilities, so neglected what he was supposed to do, that he was now poor. And there was no way for him to not only provide food for himself, but no way to make money. Continuing on here in verse 34, then it says, And your need like an armed man. Because he hadn't cultivated his field, because he hadn't paid attention to what was important, he now had extreme need because he had no way to provide for himself. Now, I did some digging. Uh, most of us wonder what an armed man would really mean in the Hebrew, and I found out that it means a man with a shield. Now, commentators do two different things when it comes to this aspect of a man with a shield. First, they just say it's a man with a shield and a sword. Uh, and that it w it's kind of like the robber or the prowler, very fast, very sudden. But there's also another aspect that I want to focus on as well. When it comes to a shield, if, you're, if you've watched movies, you've seen that people with shields, especially like Captain America, they're very hard to take down. But the aspect here that is a little scary is that your need like an armed man. It's not easy to get out of a needy spot. It takes hard work to press on from being at this low of a situation. So we can see that laziness and foolishness go together. This is the end journey, the last section of this lazy man's journey of complete destruction. But the question is, how in the world did he get here? How could someone go into such horrible poverty and destruction? Let's dive into verse 33. We're going to see exactly, or verse 32 first. Uh, we're going to see exactly why. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. 
Not a big sleep, not a giant decision, not some big scheme, but a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. The aspect here is that small choices make a big difference. Small choices make a big difference. The farmer didn't just get to this horrible spot because he decided that he was going to take care of his field and he just went somewhere else. It was a daily choice not to go back. It was a daily choice not to cultivate. It was a daily choice not to get rid of the harmful things in his life. Well, this is very easy for us. The field is a great representation of our lives. We can cultivate, we can put fruit, we can really grow it. We can keep it empty, or we can allow the harmful things to grow up in it. Andy Stanley uh, says it very well when he says, neglect has a cumulative effect. And many people think that the destructive road to this path is one giant, giant steps. It's not. It's a small, incremental steps. Let me give you a little example. Uh, if you have come here for a number of years, Pastor has a great example on sin where this is where we're at. We say we are not going to ever get to that sin. We're never going to get to that spot. But it's one rationalization after another rationalization another choice, and soon we are at the very spot that we never wanted to be. Very simply, this same illustration can really be shown when we're talking about the idea of spiritual laziness. If you're walking with the Lord and taking in step with Him, spending time in the Word, doing Scripture memory, praying daily, making sure that God is your first priority, you're right here. And most of us say, we'll never get to this spot. Sometimes we run into spiritual dry spots and different things in our lives. But we say, you know what? We, we're not going to get to this point of not spending time in the Word. Well, one choice leads to another. You know what? Today, I really, it's been really, really busy at work. I really want to focus on what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm not going to read the Bible today. It'll be okay. I'll still spend time in prayer. I'll encourage my friends. I, I won't spend time in the Word today, though. It'll be okay. Now, notice, it's not hard to come back here. But our tendency is not to go back, is to make another step in the opposite direction. You know, work has actually been even more overbearing. I've been really excited for this service project that I'm doing with my church, but I just, I can't go. I really can't. It, there's, there's a lot that's going on my plate right now. You know what? I need to focus in on my school and really focus in on what I need to do. So that time of prayer that I have in the morning, I'm going to have to find another time for that somewhere. I just won't do it today, but I'll find another time. Step by step by step. This is where we run into a lot of frustration and trials in our life, mostly because they're self-caused. Let's dive into our Bibles again. We're going to go to Proverbs 6, 6, 1 through 11. This is going to give us a little more insight as to how these small choices make a big difference.
starting in verse number 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So you shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and a need like an armed man. Solomon repeats this, these same two verses, practically word for word, for a very important reason. At first, he was just showing us the end result of laziness and what happens. But here in, in chapter 6, he's actually giving us a really good illustration of what we can do, either follow the ant or follow in the path of the sluggard. Now, it's really cool, if you look on the screen, is that ants are very diligent creatures. Um, if you haven't seen this in action, go to an anthill, kick it down, and come back the next day. You will see it built up very, very fast. That's because when it comes to ants, they make constant, continual daily choices to do what they need to do. They pick up the sand, they bring it to the hill, they pick up another sand, they bring it to the hill. It's a constant thing. They, it's almost like they never get tired, but they do but they still work diligently to do what they need to do. And so by learning from this example, there's actually a little hope in this. It's not as if laziness is just a vast black hole that just sucks us in. But the aspect is, is that even though we can make small choices towards laziness, we can also make small choices towards godliness. When it comes down to it, if you've been here, if you've been struggling at this spot of almost being at the point of, I don't have any quiet time in my life. I don't do these things. I, I haven't had any personal time with the Lord. I can't remember when. God doesn't call you to just go full on in and give up, uh, give up everything. He wants one step at a time, one day at a time. Hey, I'm going to spend time in the Word. That's where I'll start. Five minutes. Let's read just a chapter of Proverbs and let's go from there. All right. I can spend a little time in prayer today. And bit by bit, we end up getting right back to spiritual vitality. Now, two important things that I really, really want to focus on because this is very important. If you haven't listened so far, I want you to listen up right here. Our spiritual lives and our lives are the same thing. What happens in your spiritual life impacts your life, and what happens in your life impacts your spiritual life. When you're spending time with the Lord, it really does impact your day. It gives you the joy. It gives you the peace that you need during the stress and the frustrations that you deal with. But if you don't, you're going to feel the struggles. You're going to feel the pain of what this world brings. Also, some of you may not consider yourselves lazy. This is a common thing in our culture. But let me be very clear. Busyness does not mean that you are not lazy. I can tell you personally, because I'll be honest, this is not an area in my life that I am perfect in. I do an internship here at the church. I work practically 25 to 30 hours a week at Apple. I, do, uh, I also do school on top of that full time. 
And there's more people that do probably tons more than I do. But the aspect is, is that if I'm not doing these things here, all the other things that I'm doing for the Lord, the worship here, even preaching the sermon is for nothing because I'm doing it in my own strength, not in God's strength. Let's move on to our third truth. Small choices made in laziness lead to ruin. Once again, small choices made in laziness lead to ruin. Now, we've kind of already talked about this a little bit, but now we're going to dive in a little more microscopically. Some practical examples that are just regular daily life things. Dishes. Mowing. Laundry. Yeah, these are things in our lives that if we let go, it will get very bad very quick. Very personal example, my room is a mess. And my mom's probably shouting, amen, at this point. Uh, But it wasn't always that way. Every once in a while, I feel convicted, and I decide, you know what, I'm going to sweep up all the mess. I'm going to clean up all my papers, make sure all my clothes are in the right spot. It'll be great. But it's just that one choice. You know what? There's a lot of horrible credit card statements and credit card offers for college students that I really don't want to deal with right now. So I'm just going to put it on my desk. You know what? I need those notes for this paper. You know what? They're in this binder. I'll just open the binder and leave it there for a day. It'll be okay. I'll put it back later. Oh, you know what? I don't have a vacuum in a while. Ah, I'll be okay. I'll wait another day. Oh, I haven't dusted in a while either. Uh, you know what? I'll wait another day for it. And on and on and on until you notice that there's no organization to your life anymore. I'm probably not the only one who's had an unkept room, but the idea is that we're not just focusing on the aspect of physical things. We're focusing on the aspect of our spiritual lives. So what I want to do right now is I want to dive back into the passage because the interesting thing is, is that this illustration has much more to say about our lives than we can imagine especially in this passage. So let's go back to Proverbs 24. Go back to verse 30. If we go to verse 31, we will read, and there it was, all overgrown with thorns. So what are the thorns in our life? What are the little painful things that continually jab us. Well, I could say it may be a person in your life that is constantly driving you crazy at work. It could be a health circumstance that you can see it's there, but you're trying to deal with it in the best way possible. It could be some other small little circumstance. I'm not going to try to paint a giant picture of what every person would struggle or go through, but... My prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit would show you exactly what these areas are as we go through this passage, and that you would be able to really talk with the Lord about it. Another big area uh, when we look at is its surface was covered with nettles. So what are the nettles in our lives? Well, for me, Netflix, that that would be a nettle. Uh, the idea here is that a nettle is something that doesn't look threatening, doesn't look a problem, 
but in reality, it's more dangerous than you can imagine. Um, if you've ever been like me and said at 11 o'clock at night, yeah, I can watch a show. That, yeah, I'll be fine. And then they have that cute little uh, autoplay button at the bottom right-hand corner uh, that can, says, oh, do you want to watch another one? It's going to start in 10 seconds. Woohoo! And you, I'm sure like, oh, I can watch another one. That, that's fine. I, I have to get up at 8 tomorrow. Pretty soon you realize it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you had no idea what happened with your time. But that's the aspect here. Nettles could be anything. It's not just Netflix. It, it's entertainment in our American culture today that a lot of us struggle with when it comes to Facebook, when it comes to our phones. Um, I work at Apple. But the aspect is, is that it's, uh, there are tools that we all use, and our phones are one of them. You have to use them wisely. Um, continuing on. When we look at the broken down wall, as I said before, the walls are meant to protect us from things. It's also meant to be a barrier to make sure we don't go where we shouldn't. The broken down wall represents when the world starts to seep into your life. And that happens a lot of times with the shows and movies that we do watch. There's a lot of bad, bad things out there when it comes to violence, sex, drugs, you name it. And it's pervaded in our movies now. Um, I remember Dave Croke once telling me of the fact that it's not just one step at a, one giant step that you think, oh, well, this great R-rated movie is going to be great for me with all these swears and different stuff. It's the constant violence and steps that eventually get us to where we never thought we would be. On top of that, too, the broken down wall is meant to protect us from ourselves, in a sense. Because we all know that we are sinners by nature. Our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. And if we don't have a barrier, something to protect us when we are at this point, instead of here, it's not that hard to make that last step into that sin we never thought we would. So the broken down wall, essentially, is God's word in our life, our character, and different things like that. Next thing we, talk, we talked about in this passage was poverty. This has been kind of talked about throughout the entire sermon, so I'm not going to belabor it. But spiritual poverty happens when you don't take care of things like what we talked about before. And finally, our needs. What's funny about us as humans, and, uh, just in general, is when we don't find our needs in certain places, we will look anywhere to try to get those needs filled. Especially that one need that God has put in our hearts. The need for him. When we are not close to him and following after him, we look to entertainment, we look to friends, we look to family, we look anywhere to try to fill that void, but it will never satisfy. As we listened in the song, Hungry. Jesus, you're all this heart is living for. So, we're going to change tune a little bit because laziness is a, a big struggle. Maybe you've noticed in your heart today, maybe you've noticed in friends that you've observed, but how do we deal with this? Just like we talked about in my sermon title was Sweat the Small Stuff, the idea is that small decisions made for God's glory make the difference. 
Small choices made for God's glory make the difference. Flip in your Bibles to Ephesians. Actually, no, it's on the screen. Let's read it right up there. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Circumspectly is another way of just saying carefully. Walk carefully in this life. Now, why do we need to walk carefully? Because the days are evil. Have you ever noticed that there's some days that you start off and said you're going to get a whole bunch done, and then all of a sudden you realize it's 8 o'clock at night, and you're like, where did my time go? The aspect here is that time is a precious commodity. It's something that we'll never be able to get back. And our time will continually march forward until the point where we could waste our life. But we don't have to. God tells us in verse 17 that do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And how we do that is very, very simple. It's when we're here struggling to get into the word that we decide to put something else aside and spend time in it. The only way that we're going to be able to know what God wants us to do is to hear his voice. And the only way to hear his voice is in his word. That's how he communicates to us. So step by step, we eventually will get to the place where we are completely surrendered to the Lord and that we will be willing to do whatever he desires of us. Now, we've talked about a lot today. But right now, I want to focus on some practical steps that we can all make. The point here is not to leave you with the idea that small decisions make a difference, but that there's some practical things that we can do as our church family to help us with this, to challenge each other, and to help us to grow. So if, you, if you've fallen asleep at all, this is your time to wake up right here. <laughs> here we go. Some practical steps that we can take today. Talk with your fellow Christians. Your church family's here for you. I want you all to know that. Don't ever feel like you can't come into church and say, I am struggling today. Because we are an open, loving family. And we really want to be here for anyone who is struggling. And this is the aspect that we can really focus on today, especially when it's time spending in the Word or when we just are in a dry time in our lives. Talk with your fellow Christians because they are there for you. Secondly, Surrender to the Lord and ask for his help in this area. God is here for you too. He lives inside of you. He's willing to be there for whatever trial and circumstance that you're going through, even when it comes to just trying to make time for him. So the aspect is, is that don't be afraid to talk to him about it. Tell him, I'm struggling. I want to get better in this area. And you realize that he will take you day by day, just hand, foot by foot, so you can walk in the steps and get you to where you finally want to be, surrendered and following after him. Third, this is probably the most important thing that I'm going to talk about here, that you can take home and start using when you get home. All right? As you make choices, even the small ones, make them wisely by considering two important ideas. 
One, learn to choose the eternal over the temporary. Pastors talked about this before in a prior sermon, but I think it's very important for us to realize this here. Every morning when you wake up, don't be afraid to choose in your mind, Lord, I am going to choose your way, the eter- what's eternal rather than the temporary. When I have a choice to talk to one of my friends who's been struggling or to talk to my friends to build them up spiritually or to go off and do my own thing, I'm going to make that choice. And secondly, ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do and what will give God the most glory? Use this, I beg of you. This is one of the most important things that could be said in our lives, especially as we're going through Proverbs. If you're presented with a situation that you don't know what to do, even if it's a small one, what is the wise thing to do or what will give God the most glory? In my finances, what is the wise thing to do and what will give God the most glory? In my relationships, what is the wise thing to do and what will give God the most glory? In my job and my work, what is the wise thing to do and what will give God the most glory? To wrap up today, I really want to focus on one specific idea. A little makes a lot. I'm going to put a picture up on the screen for you guys just so you can see it. This is our volleyball court. Now, two years ago, if you look with me, the bushes on the right were completely gone. That was completely cleared out. We had an open view of the fire pit. And in just a year or two, it's grown right back. On top of that, too, in the back of the volleyball court, there's a ton of thorns, thorn bushes, thistles, you name it. It's all back there. The aspect here is I don't want us to be too concerned about our volleyball court, but it's a demonstration to show us how fast laziness can attack us, how quickly this poverty, this spiritual poverty, can come at us like a thief in the night. But there's hope. God has never left you. He's never forsaken you. And he will give you the strength to be able to go forward in this area. So, final thing to remember today. What is the wise thing to do? Especially in making this choice. Are we going to live for the Lord and spend time to make time for him? Or are we going to continue down this cycle to the point of spiritual poverty? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you that you are a loving, amazing, powerful God. And Lord, I could tell you more than anything else that we are thankful that you love us dearly. I pray this morning that our hearts would be surrendered to you, that we would take what you have for us, that we would truly ask the questions, what is the wise thing to do? What will give God you the most glory, Lord? And that we would tell ourselves this day in and day out, that we would become wise Christians willing to follow you into whatever area you want us to go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you do give us abundant grace. And Lord, I pray that you would empower us to do this this morning. Help us to be completely, fully devoted to you. And I ask for all these things in your name. Amen.
Well, thank you, Dan. That was good, wasn't it? Lots of really appreciate it. Um, lots of really good, challenging, encouraging stuff in there. And that uh, if we apply it to our lives, it's going to make a difference. So thank you for that. So be sure to encourage him. We get a chance, remember, to be praying for him and for us as he uh, prepares to leave. And then uh, don't forget, we have our church family fellowship forum and prayer time this afternoon at 3.30. God bless you. You're dismissed.